Divorce is not an option podcast. Let's get it. This is the Divorce is Not an Option podcast. I'm your host, Stephen James Dixon. And I am your co-host, Tamara Darasel. And happy 28 days of Ebony Love. Okay, so Ebony Magazine's 28 Days of Ebony Love got me thinking about sex and marriage. Um, I know, too, <laughs> you wanted to. <laughs> uh, I know, too, uh, we have Valentine's Day this week. I know you wanted to say something about that, too. Yeah, I just hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day. Even though I'm not really into that kind of stuff, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fine for y'all. Y'all peasants, go <laughs> ahead and play and, 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 and be, <laughs> y'all go ahead and get robbed by holiday. on a made up holiday. But you know, I'm all about uh, the 28 days of love. I can I can get behind that. I, I love any day that I can celebrate my wife. Not that I need a day to celebrate my wife, and I do celebrate her all the time. But Valentine's Day, she's happy. She if you don't to each his own. Um, I, I right. had a good time. Well, good deal. Um, yeah, I'm all about Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, okay. well, well. So we started talking about 28 days of Ebony Love. It made me think about you know marriages and how a lot of my marriages that I'm working with are struggling with sex. And so, what I wanted to do on the Divorce Not Option podcast this week is we talk about something new called 10 Steps to Better Sex in Marriage. Hmm. Okay, you got a formula. So um, the first thing that came to mind though, when you said that is, uh, why is it that married couples are struggling with having sex? You know, uh, you know, we'll hit some of those things as we go through the 10 steps. We'll talk about why some couples are, are, have, are struggling having sex. We'll talk about, and, and in the 10 steps too, we're, we're giving you a pathway back to having great sex in marriage. And I think that uh, when you talk about not only 28 days of love, but you talk about marriage and you talk about love and you talk about sex and you talk about, you know, those are all things that kind of work together to me. And so that's mm-hmm. why I'm ahead in this podcast. I really wanted to focus in on that. Okay, cool. So while we're talking, you know me, I I like to Google stuff. (laughs) So um, a 2011 Ohio State study found that weight gain of about 20 pounds is average among people who get married. So, I mean, gaining weight affects your libido. It affects how you feel about yourself and whether you see yourself as sexy. Um, So weight gain can be a huge issue when it comes to couples' sex lives. Which is why in, in the 10 steps of love, we talk about health. We talk about eating well. We talk about working out. We cover all those things. And then we work back up to once you get all that right. So you can get back on the right track. We get back to having great sex. Okay. Well, sometimes that's easier said than done. And, and two, the disclaimer is that if you overweight and you haven't, it might be some overweight lovers out there that's getting it in every day. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So we're not hating on them. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's some chubby well, chasers out there. That was her thing. Right. She was happy. Right. We, 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 so we, there's some chubby chasers out there. We're not going to hate on them, both men and women. And so it's all about what we're saying is a lot of couples that I worked with, we felt like they were struggling because either they have, you know, gained those two pounds a year, gained over 20 pounds, unhealthy, mm-hmm. tired, need to pick up their libido, need to pick up their energy, pick up their sex drive. So that's how we came up with the 10 steps to better sex in marriage. And so the, right. the other thing I thought about was this was actually the most difficult topic that I covered when I work with couples. Cause what would happen is, is that sometimes couples will come in and they would not see their weight gain as an issue. Or they don't want to. 
or they don't want to. Like they ignore it, right? Right. Um, over the years, Tamara, you've kind of kind of made me understand that men have weight gain issues too, and I see it. Yeah. Out. But what's different is the w- women don't always complain about the weight gain of the man. But it's been a gang of times I had a dude overweight complaining about the weight gain of a woman. I think women are just more diplomatic. But but do they? But do women? I mean, I know the I kind of know the answer to that because women <laughs> they start loving you no matter what. And I think love is, is woman's gift. I think God gives woman the gift of love. And so do women just yeah, ignore but don't get it? it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Women see women got eyes just like men do. But I think at the end of the day, um, women are more diplomatic. Like women are not going to say uh, some of the things that men say one and two, um, men are more visually stimulated than women. So, you know, women can kind of look at other things and be like, oh, well, he took out the trash every day and he's, you know, he's a great husband, so I can get past this. Whereas a man is more visual. I do have a a couple, probably about five months ago, where the woman just flat out said, I'm not attracted to you anymore. (laughs) So, yes, it happens. Yeah, and and the dude was crushed. I mean, he was crushed. Like, And I'm like, but dude, you overweight. He was like, yeah, I know, but, you know, she's shallow now. And it and it was funny to watch Aww. it, you know, right? It's normally the other way around, right? And it was funny to just watch it be the total opposite way around and to where the wife was like, I want to have sex. I like sex, but I'm not attracted, so I don't want to have sex with him. Steven Fixer. Oh, wow. Okay, that's harsh. Yeah. But, but like you were saying, this is a difficult topic topic to kind of broach in a relationship so how do you recommend saying something like that to your spouse well let's actually go through the steps right oh no that's that's a real question you asked the one thing i'll say about that is about the way i treat sex or the way i treat weight gain is i treat it like any other flaw in your marriage right and so i've had a man in here who said i'm not affectionate and he was like steven I, i wasn't loved as a child my mother never hugged me my father never gave me a pat on the back i don't i don't know how to be affectionate and he looked at me as if I'm supposed to just receive that and, and write that down and take that as, you know, information. I reject it. I'm like, so what? Start today. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so and so whether the issue is he's not affectionate or she's overweight or he's overweight and she spends up too much money or he needs to get a better job or she needs to help out cooking around the house or he needs to clean up more. Whatever, you know, issue you have in your marriage that you need to do better in. I don't care. Fix it. That's how I look at it. So I just, I don't make weight, unless you got some kind of disease or some kind of issue that is real chronic or something like that. You know, but if you don't have an issue, weight gain to me is just like any other issue that you have in your marriage. That's how I approach them. And so I tell couples whenever they want to talk about things like that, to be direct, but to not be hurtful, to not speak in malice intent. Don't, you know, you know, give each other the benefit of the doubt. Like speak in terms of how can I help? You know, so like, like, hey, babe, can we ride bikes together? Can we walk together? Can we eat healthier together? The sad ones are when uh, I'll get a spouse who says something like, I don't need to eat healthier. He need to eat healthier. And I, and I still want to eat hamburgers and fries. And he need to go eat salad. 
<laughs> I, I have a couple like that where the woman was like, hey, his his health is his yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, it's not fair that you got a better metabolism that's just not fair right right like you just over there picking out or whatever they got to eat a salad you eat you know you eat mcribs you know what I'm saying the worst thing so, ever for McDonald's. Yeah. you know yeah but you 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 made a point too that the, the converse of that you know like the the overweight spouse can be like uh you gotta love me the way i am through thick and thin through these cookies through these cakes whatever it is i want to eat you you gotta love and me. i disagree with that wholeheartedly like you hitting on little things that i disagree like i don't agree with love me forever unconditional love no matter what because i said one day you know 25 years ago that i loved you and i love you forever <laughs> i had some you know inclination at that moment that you wasn't gonna change too much you know what i'm saying from the person you are today you know what I'm saying? So I don't believe in if I lose my job and I can't provide for my family, then my wife's supposed to love me. I don't believe in that. I'm sorry. I just don't believe in that. She 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 married me wow. because she said she she married me because she said, hey, he's a provider. He's gonna keep me safe. He's gonna keep me secure. He's gonna take care of the family. Like that is why she married me. If I can't do that any longer, then I'm giving her I'm saying to her, hey, find another reason to love me. Really? People could do that? Well, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a two sided you know, coin, like on the one hand, um, you are responsible for, you know, being who it is that your spouse married. On the other hand, people do grow and change and you got to learn how to grow and change with them. When you say grow and change, you talking about growing outward or are you talking about like, (laughs) you talking about evolving? Nah, man, you got, you got to be better for your spouse. That's the bottom line. You got to be better. Right. So so I married my wife 12 years ago. I want her to be sexier and she is sexier and she working on being sexy. We just had a baby, you know, two years ago. So we working back. And, and I can't say nothing either because just this other day she was looking at my little belly. And I'm like, OK, I, I'm about to get it <laughs> as I'm doing. It was this week. I don't know if it was preparing for this podcast or what it was, but I was talking to the personal trainer yesterday. We about to get three training sessions in a week. We about to get okay, right. Yeah. We about to get this six. Okay, it's not gonna be a six pack. I'm fronting a little bit. You crazy? We, get we it just right. started whole thirty, so we working on eating right. So let's get into your ten steps to better sex. Okay. Ooh, the way you the way you said it. You sound like you missed the husband the way you said it. Look, uh, <laughs> the, the, the husband gonna be ready when this podcast is over. Um, good luck to the husband. Shout out to the husband. Uh, 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 the first part about ten. So we broke down uh, ten steps to having better sex with your spouse into basically three parts. The first part is kind of what you eat, right? So step one is that winter was fat season. What can you do about that? Step two is kind of what you put in your mouth. Step three is just a, a, adapting that food is fuel. Okay. And the second part is about working out. Um, one, prioritizing workout time. Um, step five would be uh, finding the fun in fitness. And step six is working out for the increases in energy that health healthiness gives you and then the third part we really focus in on the sex where we start talking about things like concepts and theories i have like no smile no sex um that's geared toward women i'm mean, I mean, I'm sorry that's geared toward men saying put a smile on a woman's face and then a mm-hmm. porn star in a bedroom where some women felt like they didn't have to be a porn star i disagree um step eight <laughs> yeah you, like i could just say that and keep it moving uh step eight yeah. resetting sexual expectations step nine scheduling a sexual experience especially for my couples that are struggling and step 10 just be freak nasty with it just just be freak nasty 
Okay, so we're just trying to get more sex and better sex back in the marriages. Um, and <laughs> you said you want married people to have more sex than single people. Yeah, that's the goal. We got we got to set the bar high, you know. So <laughs> it shouldn't even be. It shouldn't even be that way. It yeah. should not even be that way. It should, it, which way? It shouldn't be that that single. People I mean, have it should more be a question. People. Yeah, that single people are having more sex than married people. What do you that's think? crazy. What do you think? Um, okay. So, you know me, I like to Google things. So, um, according to Google, because of the frequency that, um, married people have sex, um, um, or I guess the accessibility to sex that, that the statistics say married people are still having more sex than single people, but, um, it's pretty close. I'm surprised by that still, man. My two year old daughter sleep right in the middle of us every night. (laughs) She'd be awake. Like like my two year old son, let's keep it. Yes. one hundred. We keep it. We can get it pop, crack, cracking right while he in the bed. Like he never moved. He can sleep on the side or whatever. He good. My two year old daughter is up as long as we up. You know, trying to watch Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kill. She just don't go to like, sleep. What y'all doing? You know, like hey, what's going on? Like she'll she'll be talking to you in the middle of the night. Like hey, you know, Dad, what you doing? You know, like like you know how people are laying in bed at night on the phone. Like she scrolling <laughs> through Facebook with me. You know what I'm saying? At 11 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? I just go to sleep. Yeah. She, she, I feel like she be yeah. me out. I don't know if it's a deal between her and her mom, but I just go to sleep. So what you're saying is the problem may not be weight gain. It may be kids. It could be the kids too. No doubt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so the first step, we're going to break down each one of those steps. The first step is, okay. like we said, was winter, was fat season. Um, Tamara already talked about how we gained 20 pounds over the course of marriage. Uh, a lot of times we gain those 20 pounds by like two pounds a year and the two pounds a year, most of it is picked up in the winter season. When you got holidays, you got, you know, family cooking, you got sitting on the couch, it's cold. You don't get outside. You're not as active football season. We, I mean, we're not going to blame football season, though. We're just going to say that. Yes, we are. You people just sit in front of that TV. And so the first step, I think, in getting over the winter season uh, is, is smaller portions. Like, I think that's something that everybody can do. Um, and I'm not even on some weight and all that. We'll get to that another time. Right. It's got to be two ounces and this and that. No, just, just smaller portions. You know how big your portions are. You know what you eat. You know, slow down with the potatoes, the rice, the macaroni and cheese, you know, all the carbs in your meals because your body actually treats carbs as sugar. And so I didn't know that until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having more veggies with your meals or having a salad with every meal to make sure you're getting more vegetables as opposed to those carbs. Um, go ahead. Yeah, the, the thing too. The, are you able to do that? Like, I haven't. I would like. I actually love salads, but I haven't figured out yet how to, to just have a sad a side salad with a meal. Have you figured it out? Well, so no. Generally, I have salads as meals. Um, so when I do sides, it's usually like um, broccoli or something. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I I try to do easy meals. So um, I do a lot of frozen vegetables, but uh, for salads, I will just buy spinach and. Uh, like cherry tomatoes and just throw some salmon on top of it and have my own salad. And, and, that's and so, and so, uh, and then for my people out there, that's not really up on their vegetables. You know, I, I just got good with the wilted spinach with some olive oil or some butter or something like that. <laughs> um, Why you gotta call it 
like wilted, maybe like lightly sauteed. Okay, you can correct it. Whatever. <laughs> I, I eat spinach now, right? And then I love grilled asparagus now. What I cannot do yet is the Brussels sprouts. There's something about those I can oh, mess I with. I love Brussels sprouts. You have to go have them in a restaurant first. That's the whole thing. Like they figure out how to make them the way a restaurant makes them because if you just at home cooking them they may not come out right my, my wife like roast them and she swear to god oh. they're amazing but i'm like once i had uh, uh green beans and broccoli and asparagus and spinach i just feel like i what what else could could brussels sprouts offer me it's like, just baby cabbage i love cabbage yeah it's just baby cabbage they, they look more i don't Okay, you know what? If I think of, I love cabbage. If I think in terms <laughs> of baby cabbage, I might be able to do the Brussels sprouts. Okay, so we had a breakthrough already <laughs> this week ah, on go. just step one. I'm gonna work on that. So step two, okay. you can handle step two. Yeah. So we we're talking about what you're not supposed to eat. So now it's what you are supposed to eat. Um, one recognizing that um that food has way more calories than we generally think it does. Um, so instead of eating, you know, fast food or things that are, you already know are completely out of the question, um, focus on like grilled chicken, smoked chicken, um, baked salmon, lots of vegetables, um, and then ease into it. Like it's not going cold turkey. If you used to eating fried chicken and, and French fries every night, um, you're not going to have a sav- salmon salad every night and be okay just the oh. next day. I wonder how many people think that Chick-fil-A good for them just because it's Chick-fil-A. Like it's <laughs> It's a lot of sodium. Yeah, you have to read labels <laughs> and um and recognize. I mean, no no fast food place is ever gonna be good for you. Side of the um, question. Ex- exactly. Just let that go. But you know, instead of having um your fried chicken and fries, try fried chicken and some broccoli and ease into it and then after a few weeks then you go into baked chicken and broccoli and so you know one one huge change can can make a huge difference in in your weight get in your weight loss yep so step three food is fuel uh i've heard this term before but for some reason tamra recently when you said it and i get and you know what it is it's just recently i'm 43 years old and i'm finally getting that okay working out is just not enough like and and, and actually i've read reports now and i think you said too that eating healthy is is what's going to affect your weight loss probably more so than um you're working out because the metabolism slows down as you get older and so when you say food is fuel like i actually am walking around day to day now saying to myself food is food is fuel like i just tell myself i don't need that cookie because it's not fuel you know i don't need that cake because it's not fuel right Right. And so um, I read something the other day that basically said what what you put in your body is either feeding your your body like good stuff or feeding disease. So you have to be very conscientious about what you're eating and, and how your body is processing whatever it is that you put in it. So, yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. I'm still I'm still stuck on food is feeding disease. Like actually say that like. Like, yes, I never heard like that either. Sugar, when you're feeding eating, diabetes. You are feeding. Yes, that is exactly what you're doing. Yes. Okay. You're feeding diabetes. You're feeding uh, heart, some kind of cancer. Heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Heart exactly. issues. Heart diseases. Exactly. Co- exactly. Cholesterol. You know. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Your liver. You know. Digestive system tracts. All that. You're feeding disease. Huh. Okay. I never heard that one. 
Yes. So we have this whole idea that food is entertainment. We have like, you know, every event, everything we do is surrounded around food. But if you think of food as fuel and just focus on, is this good for my body? Is this good fuel for my body? Then that gives you a whole different perspective on what you eat. Is this good for my body? Okay. Thinking about the body, step four was prioritizing a workout schedule. So what we meant here was just making sure that working out is something that, that is whenever you try to work out, it's not going to be like, okay, when I have some time over time left over, I'm going to work out. Like it doesn't work like that. You got to schedule working out. It can't be like when I get on from work, we'll see what I got going on in the evening and I'm going to try to squeeze in work. No, to, to work out, you have to say, I'm going to work out at seven o'clock at six 30. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to do this other thing. Like the workout has to be scheduled. That's what yeah. I mean by prioritizing. Yeah. And make it easy, as easy as possible for your schedule. So um, if you are at, as convenient as possible. We have a gym in my office. I go work out at noon. Um, I used to, when I was at a different office, go work out at 5.30 when I left the office because I needed time for traffic to die down. So I could spend an hour, hour and a half in the gym. And then by the time I go home, traffic is lighter. Okay. Step five, find fun and fitness. Um, that's just saying, Hey, you know, as, as I've gotten older, I, I, I've learned that I sometimes need a class or I need more instruction. Now, like I talked about earlier, we're getting a personal trainer. And so the class is now, I, 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 I used to be like, I'm too masculine to be in there stretching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And bouncing up and down on the little table thing they put on the floor and laying on the mat. Like I'm, I'm too masculine for all that. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so now I'm like, no, I'm not losing weight. So I got to figure out how to lose weight. So, so riding bikes with my wife or my son, or just what I'll do now that really pumps me up is my son will ride his bike while I'm, I'm jogging. And so I get to talk, mess with him a little bit, try to race him while he's on the bike. Um, the Zumba classes are good. Spin classes are good. So, I mean, classes kind of give you some camaraderie. Um, they give you some competition. So, for me, classes are great because it's, it's some accountability from, from other people. Um, but also just spending, using your workout time as quality time with your significant other. Um, like you said, riding bikes together. Um, I, I read somewhere an older lady who had been married 60 years said, you should have one thing that you two do together inside and one thing that you two do together outside. And so, yeah, so play tennis together, you know, whatever, find a sport, find, find some activity where you're burning calories and you're doing it together. Step six is workout. Working out increases your energy and your health. Um, it's not just for good looks, of course. That's just you know we <laughs> want, we all want to have the six pack and health and right. all that. But it just it, it just can boost your libido. It can lift depression. It can give you more energy. You become a healthier, happier person if you work out, and then that of course leads you up to the sex. Amen. So now we get into the good stuff. So. <laughs> That's all. We really only want to talk about step seven, eight, nine, and ten. You know what I'm saying? It's married folks. Now that the so PSA is over, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No smile, no sex. Tell us about that. No smile, no sex is when I get husbands that complain about sex with their wives. What I tell them is if you have not put a smile on that woman's face, then don't try to have sex with her. Amen. Right? And so that's 
and, and that's daily. Like anytime you want to have sex, every day. you know, and and hope every day. Well, every day actually, right? But especially on the days you want to have sex, at least let it be a day that you put a smile on her face, <laughs> like compliment, like at least have complimented her. At least have told her to cook the food she cooked was good. Tell her her hair is pretty, her face is beat. You know what I'm saying? Like do something for the woman to make her happy. I mean, give her a reason to actually feel like, Ooh, I want to give him some. Right. And then the second part of it. So that's directed toward men saying, Hey, no smile, no sex. Right. So no smile on her face. Don't try to have sex for women. And this is and step seven is more about your approach, your ment, your mental approach to the importance of sex in a relationship. Men, if you want to have sex, no smile, no sex, no smile, no sex uh, for women mindset if you're not you if you're not making it happen in the bedroom man like like this is your partner for life like all things that he's excited about all things that he wants to experiment with like uh, to a certain degree right we're not doing nothing that's gonna violate ourselves and things of that nature but but you can't just lay there every day i get dudes for real to just straight up like man she just be laying there <laughs> dead man not, that's all you got is a laugh <laughs> All you gonna do is laugh at him. Dead man, that's crazy to me. Dead man sex. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I, that is something that also, this is a whole nother podcast, but you know, how do you discuss those things? Like when you want something and your partner, you know, is not doing it, how do you say, hey? I think the way you discuss difficult topics is you always offer first what you can bring to the table, what you could do differently. Right. And so, um, you know, at the 12 years of marriage, there's been times where I felt like, okay, I'm not enjoying the sex as much. And then the first thing I have to think about it to remind myself is if I'm not enjoying it as much, she's probably not enjoying it as much. So that just probably means that our chemistry off. We're not having as much fun together. My wife actually said to me one time, like, Hey, let's go. We need a date night. We got caught up. Wasn't having date night as much anymore. So it was like, we need to have fun together, like each other again, be friends again. So I always say, bring to, you know, whatever issue you got. Hey, I have this issue. This is the solution that I want to offer. And and anytime you bring this thing, I'm really working with couples now really, really hard on this. Stop looking at what your partner can do differently and focus more so on what you can do differently. And I consistently tell people that as a husband, I don't have no energy. I don't have no leftover energy to figure out what my wife's supposed to be doing. Like all of my time is consumed by me figuring out how to be a good husband on a daily basis. Well, I think you also just brought up a very good point that um, marriage goes through cycles and sometimes your chemistry is off. That doesn't mean that it's not going to get back on. You just got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. You got to approach it directly. You got to know first, like I said, how can I fix us? What can I do differently? What can I do better? And And marriages get stuck. When a person is only looking at what the other person is doing wrong, and that's not problem solved. Well, that actually, like if we really break down, go ahead. I was going to say that brings us to step number eight: resetting your sexual expectations. Oh, that's good. That's good. You broke it off. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, you just jumped in right there. To, okay, yeah. <laughs> right, and so right, right to reset the expectations, you have to have that that conversation where you sit down and say, "Hey, what do I want to get out of sex?" and and how how important is sex to me? Because sometimes we get off track. I've had women tell me, why is sex so important? And I'm like, okay, you forgot. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, you know, and so, and it's really, and it's really healthy. Like I, I read on lifehacker.com is reported that the happiest couples have sex two to three times a week. That's good. I mean, that sounds about normal, right? Yeah, that sounds normal. Um, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, I, I straight up, I, 
Oh, I was about to go too far. You know how I go too far. <laughs> Bring it back. Again. I'm going to cut myself. Bring it back. I was getting excited. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting excited because my two-year-old is going to be sleeping right between both of us tonight. <laughs> I need to I need to bring it back down anyway. You know what I'm saying? And so and so the thing about resetting that sexual expectations is knowing too that you need intimacy, you need affection. Um, I walked through some couples last week with saying, okay, when you're on the couch, you can be close to each other. You don't have to sit on top of each other. You don't have to get hot. You know, when you're in the bed, you can spoon for a good 10. Everybody got a good 10 minutes of spooning in them, man. Stop acting like that. You know what I'm saying? Get you a good 10 minutes of spooning and then part ways or whatever. And I still like for my couples to at least touch each other. Like I believe in kinetic energy. Right. So I want them to touch each other while they lay in a bed, not in a non-sexual way. You know, like my elbow on her arm, her knee on my thigh, my foot on her foot, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you, you made two good points. Um, one, um, the, the life hacker, two to three times a week is like average. Like some people, you know, if, if one time a week is great for you or if five times a week is great for you, each couple has to figure out what works for them. Right. And one of the couples who talked about the, the husband said the wife was, you know, dead man lame. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he liked to have sex every day. And I had to just tell him, man, like if you like to have sex every day and she don't like to have sex every day, it's going to be some days where she dead. Like I can't fault her for that. Yeah. <laughs> she just dead. And so I will say, you know, if you fall back, you know, try to get, you know, maybe every other day, maybe you get more activity from her and you enjoy it more. And I found too, that when I have a more enjoyable experience that I'm good for a longer amount of time before I need sex again, which is step nine, where I talk about scheduling a sexual experience. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like when I first read this was like a no, because the idea of scheduling sex is crazy to me. That just takes the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, why would you schedule sex? So what I, what is geared to is to say to people who are struggling, I got a couples right now who are not having sex. I got a couple right now with both the husband and the wife, right? But both the husband and the wife said to me, independent of each other. It's not even like they were in the room together. I asked the husband, my first time meeting with him, when was the last time you guys had sex? He said, I don't know. Uh-uh. Right. So then the, then the husband goes out of my office and, you know, the way I do it is I give the husband time first, then I get a wife time and then I bring them together. So I said, husband, when last time you had sex? He said, I don't know. Okay. He goes out, wife comes in, do my segment with the wife. Wife, when's the last time you guys had sex? I don't know. Like both of them. And it wasn't no front thing. It wasn't no weird thing. It was really like, a regular question to them that they just did not know the answer to. You know and what I'm saying? Like, bothered by this. Um, they knew it was an issue, but they are so far removed that it's it's not an emotional issue anymore. You know, it's no longer anger or frustration. It is just kind of is what it is. You okay. know, they kind of accepted so it. So how do you? Go and so I had to bring them. And so yeah, I talked to them about scheduling sex. It's not and, and notice in in the, in the step nine is not schedule sex. And it's, it's not that simple. It is scheduling a sexual experience, right? So an experience, it's got to take like two hours. You know what I'm saying? So that means put that woman in the bathtub, wash that woman head to toe, get that man, lay him on the bed, oil him up, put on the music, put, you know, light up the candles, don't burn down the house. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. do a, a whole experience leading up to where you organically become sexually aroused because you with your partner. Okay, that makes sense. So you really schedule right, foreplay. So, okay, I guess you just said you want to try to make it simplified <laughs> and all that. Yeah, we scheduling foreplay, uh, intimacy, affection, um, quality time. 
And then the climax of all of those things, and I do literally mean climax, like I did that, uh-huh. um, is the sex, uh-huh. right? And so all of it is necessary. All of it is required. And and get back to French kissing. Like I got couples, like I'll be like, hey, when last time you put your tongue in her mouth? You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't know how to French kiss no more. I had to tell a husband, I keep I keep I keep I keep it real. I had I told a husband recently, I said, hey, you need to get your head between her legs, oh, man. She liked God. that. I just talked to him like that, Tamara. I just, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, hey, man, she like, because she, she said to me, she said to me, she said, I like oral sex. I like, I like, I like the way he does it. And he's not been doing it for months and I don't know what's going on. And she was uncomfortable saying it to him. So I said, hey, man. Um, and when he came back in, I said, hey, man, uh, you need to get your head between her legs. Is there a problem? Okay. See, and number 10 is freak nasty, but I'm a little scared to let you go there. <laughs> You don't, you don't want me to go there with the freak nasty? We kind of covered it a little bit. I think we had a time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The freak nasty. Just speak. Come on, man. If you don't know what that is, we need to have a one-on-one. We need to go to com slash coaching, and we need to have a one-on-one session. If you don't know what the freak nasty is, that means that something is getting damaged in the house, man. That means like a bread wow. sheet getting messed up, a comforter is messed up. We got KY jelly on the comforter. We broke a lamp. You know, somebody back got to be hurt. Somebody got to be limping when it's over with. I mean, let's go hard for each other, man. Let's have great sex in our marriage. Amen. And another point that you made was that sex is what sets your relationship with your spouse apart from every other relationship. Yeah, it's the one thing, yeah. right? Like I could be cool with my my mom, my sister, Tamara, my friends, whatever. But it's one thing that I do with my wife. You know, like I love my mom. I might even have ex. I might even have love for an ex, right? So that's to say, well, to the people who say, well, I love my spouse and I don't love anyone else. No, it's other people that you may have some semblance of love for, you know, still in your heart. But sex is the one thing that sets your relationship apart. And it's, and it connects you, you know, couples that are not having sex are not connected. Um, and their marriage is in danger. And I had to explain that to the couple to say, Hey, you know, you guys are not connected. You know, you know, you're not, you don't have good chemistry and either one of you could walk away right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. We're out of time, but here's the hoping that 28 days of ebony love also brings you a whole lot of days of ebony sex. <laughs> okay, that's funny. So yes, ten steps to better sex in your marriage. Like 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 Tamara said, twenty eight days of ebony love. Um, divorce not an option podcast. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast so that you can be automatically alerted when we produce a new episode on iTunes, Springer dot com, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud. And we are now on ebony.com under the love and sex category. Tell a friend and repost and retweet for us.